0: From legendary locals, we all know, to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode. Or go to ipswichtoday.com.au Coming up, Council's new unreasonable customers policy, upgrades for Red Bank Plains Road Stage 3 and Springfield Parkway and Springfield Green Bank arterial new applications for public monuments and memorials, what will the 2032 Olympics mean for Ipswich, and what happened to annual land valuations? It's Friday, February 26, 2021, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to Elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, People powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Music the second Ipswich City Council meeting for the year was held on Thursday, February 25. In more than two hours, councillors dealt with recommendations from all committees and some nine officers' reports. Mayor Theresa Harding joins me now to talk about some of the highlights. Mayor Harding, thank you for speaking with Ipswich today.
1: Thank you for the invitation, Alan.
0: First up, the Smart City Program. Now, you've made public statements before. You want more information on the Transparency and Integrity Hub. Are you any the wiser of what the previous council spent just over $4.5 million on? Look,
1: we're still working through the the issues with the Privacy Commissioner. I want to make sure that we do open the books and that everyone can see exactly how their, their rates were spent.
0: There were some significant parts, like the autonomous vehicle trial And a couple of other projects, would they be considered worthwhile in your eyes?
1: Well, I think the the council motion that was put forward at our very first council meeting back in April last year was to ask for a report on the Smart City program and we had a a report tabled and we've sent it back to provide more information. We know that it did spend $4.6 million and we know that it did involve a Smart City blueprint and an implementation plan and it did involve uh, overseas travel and delegations and consultants. So I think it's probably really important for people to see how their rates were spent and, and what value did we get. from At the end of the day, what have we got for it?
0: Another item on the agenda this week was monuments and memorials, which can often be filled with emotion. However, the recommendations went through with little discussion at the council meeting. Uh, from where I sit, the biggest of the three is from the Ipswich RSL sub-branch and the Soldiers Memorial Hall in Nicholas Street there, some 11 memorial stones and plinths. It seems a lot for the limited space available. Is Council happy
1: with that proposal? Look, the proposal was to say, can we proceed with the next step of the application? So I think that's going to be fleshed out more at the next step. But, you know, you were right, Alan, when you said that they're very emotional. Monuments are emotional places. They are a time for us to reflect. So, you know, this council supports in principle the three proposals that were brought to us, as well as we included another one. Uh, The Deputy Mayor also um, asked if we could also look into the Blackall Monument and what would be involved in moving it from Denmark Hill down to Darcy Doyle Place.
0: I know that a couple of other other councillors did comment on that, saying it's been examined before. I guess it will come down to the dollars and cents and how much it will cost to move it.
1: Yeah, always have our eye on on the dollar to make sure that the rate payers get good value. But look, let's look at it and see if it's feasible or not.
0: Customer conduct was also before council. Why does council need a new policy on how to deal with unreasonable customers?
1: Well, our organisation only had a, an unreasonable Um, customer conduct policy for the library there was not one for the the organization in total and obviously we have a very busy service center so uh, the CEO put forward a proposal for us to have a unreasonable customer conduct policy in line with a lot of other councils. Um, that's to support our our staff but also to make sure everyone gets a a fair hearing as well
0: there's a couple of big infrastructure projects in the pipeline Uh, where is council at with the Red Bank Plains Road stage 3 upgrade
1: yeah, look, that's a pretty big road project. It's basically um, upgrading you know, to four lanes, four lanes on urban standard, but on Redbeck Plains Road between Kedgers Road and Kruger Parade. So it's pretty exciting. The first part's happening, which is stage three, which is just basically from um, Janssen Street between Redbeck Plains Road and Johnson Street. So a lot of work there. Um, that project will be a $38 million project, and the state government has also um, partially funded that as well.
0: I think the locals would call that uh, the missing link, Mayor. <laughs> Yes,
1: it's very much needed. (laughs) Um, So look, that Jansen Street's supposed to be um, completed um, in June this year, um, but the whole thing won't be finished until uh, early next year.
0: Another big one, which is uh, obviously front and centre in uh, the Springfield area, is the Springfield Mm. Parkway and Springfield Greenbank Arterial. Uh, I think there the locals would consider that the most pressing job across the city. Where is that at?
1: The Springfield Parkway and the Springfield Greenback arterial road duplication is a major project for us. It'll be the largest single road project that council has ever done in its history. And we've broken it up into three stages. And this particular stage that went to council was looking at, uh, I guess, that that part near the intersection there where we are looking at uh, the bulk earthworks in preparation for service locations, retaining all installation, but probably more importantly, the construction of that single span 20-metre bridge across Poffin Creek.
0: Another infrastructure project is uh, centred around Blackstone in one of the Mm. older suburbs. Now overland flow and flash flooding has been an issue there for many, many years, but there's also uh, going to be a set of traffic lights at the Mary Street intersection. Uh, When will that progress?
1: Yeah, that's very exciting. So the that drainage works and that road improvements happening around Blackstone and and works are currently underway for construction of of the kerbin channel on William Street and some of the drain works there on Charlotte Street. We're expecting that to be completed uh, uh, mid March, so mid next next month.
0: Now the big news of the week for South East Queensland and Australia has been the 2032 Olympics, and Brisbane's likely to to score it. What will that mean for Ipswich?
1: Look, it's incredible and look, this started from the Council of Mayors of South East Queensland six years ago and they were sitting around the table looking how can we make sure we get our fair share of infrastructure and um, public transport funding and uh, we thought the Olympics would be a good vehicle for that. So to see this this bloom in the last six years has been incredible and it really should be a catalyst for the federal and state governments to um, actually spend more money on public infrastructure out here.
0: I guess it's too early to call which sports would be uh, held in Ipswich. It's it's 11 years away, but has there been any discussion on that front?
1: Look, obviously we, we've pitched, but that's, that decision will be many years away, many mm. years away. A big part of this is obviously um, the city deals with the South East Queensland bid for the Olympics and obviously on that in that draft City deal is the East to Springfield Central train line. Now that public transport is absolutely essential for our growth. 70% of our future growth is going to be along that public transport corridor. So I see this as a a real positive and the fact that this will give us more strength and it gives us more to make sure we get that funding for that train line.
0: Mayor Harding, you've uh, done some intense lobbying in recent weeks with the federal government and the state government for funding for that corridor. What can the federal government actually contribute to building what, what is essentially a state government project?
1: You're right. Look, public transport is a state government uh, responsibility, but we did see up in Redcliffe that the federal government did put in 50% towards that train line and the state government 40% and the local government 10%. So, look, it is a massive project and it will certainly require federal as well as state government funding.
0: Mayor Harding, thanks for the monthly catch-up and thanks for talking with Ipswich today.
1: Thank you so much, Alan.
0: At the same February 25 meeting, Council was also provided with an update on the Ipswich CBD redevelopment centred on Nicholas Street. Deputy Mayor Marnie Doyle talked about the sentiment in the community.
2: Just for residents to understand the sentiment um, that is around at the moment with with regard to um, leasing. Um, As an observer at the retail subcommittee meeting last week I was delighted to learn about the very positive interest from prospective tenants um, and investors in the market and it's great news for residents and Ipswich that there's a strong return to confidence Mm -hmm. um, in Ipswich and our CBD. Um, both from you know external parties, private investors, and government agencies.
0: Head of Coordination and Performance, Sean Madigan, also briefed the meeting. It's
2: fair
3: to say that over the last uh, six weeks or so, um, we have seen a, a high level of engagement um, from industry in relation to leasing the various spaces across the Nicola Street uh, precinct, including. Uh, level two of the council administration building, um, the uh, bar-cafe area that sits on the Nicholas Street. So we are in uh, confidential discussions with a, a prominent local business uh, with a view to expanding their footprint in the city um, and operating that bar. Um, we have the cinema EOI is out in the market um, and uh, early indication is there significant interest there as well. So we are looking to attract um, you know a larger volume of both local businesses expanding um, and improving on the service delivery, as well as international brands coming into the precinct. Uh, We didn't see this momentum uh, towards the end of last year um, and and COVID was a complication surrounding that. Uh, However, uh, in the last, as I said, six weeks or so, the interest in the market has um, really increased uh, and shows really positive signs. The Commonwealth Hotel, um, you'll be pleased to hear that we are in uh, discussions and negotiations with two different parties um, to bring that back uh, to a functional uh, hotel um, and the, the construction on that is due to be finished in about March um, and then a fit out for an operator from that point onwards. So. Um, We are very confident uh, of of um, having a a fully leased or mostly fully leased precinct um, certainly by the end of this year up and running and providing uh, a real destination for the people of Ipswich. I will just mention, so we we have recently uh, conducted a valuation of the new council administration building. Uh, the, The construction cost of that project is approximately $95 million. Uh, our latest valuation uh, for it as an ongoing tenanted building is, is approximately 145 million dollars uh, so that is the the uplift and the the important uh, investment of council and, and there is a, a significant return on investment mm. there that exists for council in terms of the asset that has been built
0: to wrap up the February meeting councillor Russell Milligan put forward a notice of motion to insist on yearly property valuations from the valuer general
4: two parts a that the Chief Executive Officer be requested to write to the Valuer General requesting that revised valuations be undertaken for the Ipswich City Council local government area on an annual basis, giving particular consideration to the valuation increases experienced in the significant growth areas across the city. And b, that a delegation consisting of the Mayor, Deputy Mayor and another councillor be arranged with the Valuer General to discuss the need to undertake annual valuations given the rapid Development and projected population increase for Ipswich.
0: Council's chief financial officer Jeff Keach was asked about the impact on ratepayers when there are not annual valuations.
2: Council officers and trustees and council previously have written requesting on on for an annual valuation for a number of years. And as you say, we've been on a biannual basis. The key impact, as as you highlight, is not so much the overall increase in Ipswich as an, as a average as a whole. It's the variation that happens across the city. So what can be large increases in certain pockets and not large increases in the others. The ability to deal with that with the current provisions just means that you end up getting a lot of, a lot of movement in your, in your evaluations and therefore potentially in the rates bills. So by having an annual valuation for us would mean that it helps us in trying to moderate those increases across the city as part of our rating policies and strategies with you. Um, so that's why our recommendation always been with those levels of, of growth to try to have it more regularly than not. Um, as I say, it's been every, every two years previously, but this year will be, um, will be a, year, a third year before we receive the, potentially receive the valuation, hopefully next year.
0: Councillor Paul Tully added his voice to the motion and added an historical context.
2: The,
4: this is a, a matter which has gone on for far too many years because local government fought over 20 years ago to have annual valuations Um, uh, provided for in the legislation uh, because of the uncertainties and the problems which have been raised. That where we have um, uh, properties, uh, the property market increasing, um, you you get a a real dichotomy and a problem which can be partially remedied by um, averaging and capping, but which provides a, a situation which is very difficult for the community if it goes for more than one year. The curious thing under the Valuation of Land Act is that the, these are described as annual valuations, even, even if they're conducted every second or third year, they're still described uh, legally um, in the Act as an annual valuation. Um, Section 74 of the Act uh, provides a couple of circumstances where it's not practical um, to, uh, because of circumstances to have a valuation or um, where a market survey has been done uh, by the Valuer General. I don't see any situation in the case of Ipswich where we've got increasing property values in, the, um, in, the, in our western corridor through the Springfield area, Redbank Plains, uh, Ripley Valley, uh, the Walloon area, uh, and other parts of the city where they're, where they're increasing. And as the CEO pointed out, what happens when they, they can still legally call it an annual valuation, mm-hmm. even if it was done five years apart, Um, and it's time that local government really continues to stand up because we are paying for this, the community is paying for it. Um, Most of the valuations which are, are done nowadays are desktop valuations based on the data which the Valuer General already has where you've got wild variations which which are occurring. and uh, For example, the Courier-Mail will print every few months the average sale prices um, across South East Queensland, and and therein lies the real problem. And what I'll do is to um, undertake, as a member of the local government policy executive, to re-raise this issue, because this is just um, beyond comprehension. It's a joke. It's just a matter of the state government saving money and not doing what they're required to do under Section 72 of the Act, and that is to have a real annual valuation. An annual valuation means every 12 months, not every three or four years.
0: All councillors voted in favour of the motion. You can follow the council meeting with minutes and agendas from council's website and watch the replay on council's YouTube channel. You'll find handy links in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button at the bottom of the page. You can subscribe for free and share this podcast from your favorite app, including iHeartRadio, or play Ipswich today from your smart speaker. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thanks for listening.